0: Hello, brothers and sisters in Christ. I'd like to welcome you to a, another podcast of As Some of You Once Were, with me, Trevor Briarly, pastor of Round Oak Baptist Church in Corbin, Virginia. And as we get started here, I wanted to just again welcome you to our study through Romans. If this is your first time listening, we are going verse by verse, going through the entirety of the book of Romans. We are now on chapter 3. If you've missed any, feel free to go back and and catch up and listen to the previous recordings. But again, we're going to be looking through all this this morning. And as we continue our study, I want you to go ahead and start turning there. If you have your Bibles, and I do hope that you do, we'll be looking at Romans chapter 3, verses 9 through 18. And as we make our way through this book, really one thing always comes to mind. And that is the realization of God's grace. How truly undeserving I really am. How sinful of a person that I can really be. And I get it. This isn't the easiest book to go through. It's not the easiest to preach or teach through either. But I also believe that it is of the utmost importance. There's a humbling dynamic to it. And I will I will tell people this. If you're ever feeling a little higher than you should, a little boastful, maybe a little prideful, read through Romans and see if you feel the same afterwards. Because the journey that we are taken on is an amazing one. It encompasses so much of what the Christian life really is. It's the story of redemption, of grace, of mercy. And we just have been seeing, as we have been going through Romans, we've been seeing that Paul is showing us that we are all on the same level. That at the foot of the cross, the ground is level. And we will get into that more here shortly. But again, let's start off the right way. Would you join me in prayer? Father, again, I pray that you will speak to us, through us, for us. Help us to understand what you, have through your Holy Spirit and your servant, wrote here. Again, Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit, you will illuminate for us so that we can understand you more and take your word out to a lost and dying world. We pray in your name, Jesus. Amen. So again, I hope that you're there. We're going to read this real quick together. Romans chapter 3, verse 9 through 11. Starting in verse 9, it says this What then? Are we on? any better off? Not at all, for we have already charged that both Jews and Gentiles are all under sin, as it is written There is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands, there is no one who seeks God. All have turned away, all alike have become a worthless. There is no one who does what is good, not even one. Their throat is an open grave. They deceive with their tongues. Vipers' venom is under their lips. Their mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Ruin and wretchedness are in their path. And their path of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. So as we look at this, starting back in verse 9, last week Paul talked about the benefits of being a Jew. And we went through that section. And he begins here by setting the record straight. He asks the question, what then? Are we any better off? And again, Paul, just doing what Paul does so well, he answers the question that he asks right away. He says, not at all. What we have to see and what we have to understand is that sin has infected the whole world. Everything. Every part of it. And he goes on to say that, in verse 9, the second half of it, Not at all. For we have already charged that both Jews and Gentiles are all under sin. You see, there is no advantage when it comes to sin. No advantage at all. The Jews of the time, The Pharisees, they devoted their lives to obeying the law. They looked good on the outside. Those around them thought that this was the height, that these people were the height of godliness. Yet they had sin. There are Pharisee type people today. There are some in the church. There are the type that think that they are plainly perfect. Those we know, work with, friends, family, you name it, there are people like this. And one of the reasons why is that, quite plainly, we forget what sin really is. We have forgotten the toll that it takes. We have also lowered and debased the meaning of the word. We tried to get it out of our vocabulary. Because what sin really is, is going against God. Breaking the parameters that He has put up for us. And we do what He has told us not to do. And then we don't do what He has told us to do. Essentially, it is us looking at God and telling Him, No. And that is not just outrightly saying, no as well. It's also when we don't say yes when we're supposed to. I often will ask people, have you ever said no to God? And most people will be like, oh, I would never. But they don't realize that not saying yes when God calls you to do something is also telling him no. But we try to get these words out of our vocabulary because it makes people feel bad. Well, you're not that bad of a sinner it's okay to do what you do we can't tell anybody that they are going against god because we can't make people feel bad that is the general sentiment in this world in this country and even in the church today but we think it like this one sin can't hurt a little bit you know it's okay right can it hurt that bad it wasn't that big of a deal i just did it once I was just talking or messing around with my friends. This is not really slander, is it? That's not gossip. I just went to a website a couple times. I just took a little money from work. They are rich, right? They won't be able to tell. Augustine, one of the early church fathers, he said this, Without God, what am I but a guide to my own destruction. Again we justify the things that we think we deserve. And again Paul writes, all are under sin. And regardless of what we think, no matter how good we are expli- at explaining things away, the fact remains the same that we all, every single one of us will face a holy and a righteous God. So holy that He dwells in unapproachable light. So holy that we are not able to be in His presence with any kind of a blemish. God is greater, He is mightier, and He is holier than we can even begin to comprehend. And this floored me when I started to realize this. When I started to even just scratch the surface a little bit of who God really is. And I will admit, I thought, this is hopeless. For Trevor, this is hopeless. God is so holy, and I am so tainted with sin. I have grieved God by the wicked things that I have done, and will continue to do. But let me tell you this, that is not a bad place to be. And I'll tell you why in just a minute. Let me tell you about it from the other side. If I walked into church, I would burst into flames, right? Or lightning would strike me. We've all heard people say those things. Some of us might even have said them ourselves at one point or another. But you know what that is? That is pride. We think that we are so good at being so bad. Let me tell you how cruel I am. Let me tell you about all the stuff that I've done. We think that some things are bad. And we just shouldn't do them. Right? Just on a level. Or at least we have been told that they were wrong. We don't know what sin is. So we joke about it. We make fun of it. We poke fun at these things. We don't take sin seriously at all. Again, Paul writes that we are all under sin, whether we like it or not, whether we believe it or not. No matter how much we think our sin might not count, it does. But now getting to the point where we are actually deeply convicted. At that place where we sit down and we see what is really happening, that we are not able to, to do this ourselves, where we, yes, feel hopeless knowing that we are sinners. Again, that is a good place to be. That means that the Holy Spirit is convicting you, that he has convicted me. The realization that it was of nothing that I could do, right? The regret, the hurt of knowing what I had really done, Having God show you who you really are. And that knowing that I am a sinner. Quite frankly, that has to happen. It has to happen. The realization that I have sinned against a holy God is the first step in repentance. And if I don't know this, if we don't know this... If we don't know that we are sinners, then why do we think that Jesus died for us? Because Jesus died for sinners. Period. And then we get through all that. And Paul shows us repeatedly who we are. Verse eight or excuse me, ten through eighteen is we look at where he quotes from the Old Testament. Again, Paul quotes these few things here. One, showing us that this is nothing new. We've always been sinners. And two, the second reason, is that this is from God's word. He is not just pulling this out of thin air. He is not making this up as he goes. I want to read this again. I really want this to set in with all of us. Because what we tend to think often is the opposite of what God's word says. So let me read this. Again, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. All alike have become worthless. There is no one who does what is good, not even one. Their throat is an open grave. They deceive with their tongues. Venom viper is under their lips. Their mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Ruin and wretchedness are in their path. And the path of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. I see more clearly now than I did before Christ saved me. I see more clearly now than I did shortly after he had saved me. And I will see more clearly in the years to come as compared to the way I do now. I know. I, without a doubt, know what God has brought me out of. If not for the Holy Spirit inside of me, I know that I am nothing. Think back just for a moment, to a time before you knew Jesus Christ. I know some of you don't want to go back there, don't like to think about it, but maybe humor me for a moment. But just think about it. And if you don't know Christ, again, maybe humor me in this way and give it an honest thought. But if we look at that, did we really care what God said? Did you do good? If you you did do something that would be considered good, who was the actual benefactor? Did you know peace? Was there any fear, reverence for God? To that I would say, that sounds like me. This sounds... Like Paul was following me around for a few days. This section, as he's quoting again the Old Testament, it sounds like me. Earlier I mentioned the holiness of God. And that something floored me. That it it is who I was. And that was a sinner. A wretched sinner. One who outrightly defied God. God. But again, that's one of my favorite words. Is but I was a sinner, but Jesus took all of that. Jesus took my sin, took all of your sin, and died for you and died for me. It was my lies, my bitterness. It was my sin that nailed him to the cross. It is his calling, his drawing us, that shows us how badly we need a Savior. And we'll never realize how badly we need that Savior until we realize how grievous our sin really is. And it shows us how far we have ran away from God. God. The perfect God. God who came to earth with one thing in mind. Jesus who came here to do one thing. To save us. To die for sinners and save the lost. To take our punishment. The pain that we overly deserve. And again I'll say this if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, that should floor you. That should make you gasp. Should give you goosebumps. Because that is nothing short of outstandingly amazing. And if you don't, if you don't know Jesus Christ, I want to say something to you right now you can have that too you can know the forgiveness that he offers to know you can know the real and true peace that Jesus gives and I pray that the Holy Spirit will move in you, around you, and through you and show you who we are and reveals to you who you are and thus who you can be as we look at this and if And we finish up this little section of Romans, what we have to know and remember is that Christ paid the price. And because he paid the price, you can be redeemed child of the living God. Because again, we were all here. We were all this section where it says that no one is righteous, no one understands, no one seeks God. That was every single person who's ever been born on the face of this planet, outside of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Everybody. And only through the blood of Jesus Christ can we go from this section to actually being redeemed in Jesus Christ. There's no other way. The more we look past and slander or try to write off things, or get what we want, or manipulate scripture, the more we still prove that this section, that these verses 10 through 18 are absolutely correct. Because we seek ourselves more than we seek anything else. And that's a hard place, a scary place, a very slippery slope. But hope comes in Jesus Christ. But again, that is all I have. It was a shorter one. But again, we will be back again next week as we continue our study through the book of Romans. So until then, take care and may God richly bless you in all you do as you fervently seek after him.